0: You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. To preview Saturday's game, as is our tradition, we look at the matchup between the Texans and Jets in a Locked On crossover going behind enemy lines. I'm Robert Land from Locked On Texans, along with my co-host Brian Patterson, and we're joined by Locked On Jets host John B. How's it going, brother?
1: I'm doing well. How are you guys? Yeah, doing pretty good.
0: We were doing good until about two months, or uh, until about uh, a few days ago, because we had a, we had that great two month stretch, and I guess our it's been a roll reversal, huh?
1: Yeah, no. We on the Jets side, we went two months without a win, so we we got one on Sunday. So yeah, it's it was two months of misery followed by you know one glorious Sunday of victory.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know what that's like. Yeah, dude, just look back to 2017 and you know we 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 know how that that goes so uh congrats to you all for the win but uh we need this one Sunday <laughs> well Saturday
0: Saturday game hey l- let me ask you this John just to start off with uh Mark Gastineau how's he been doing this year Joe Klecko oh never mind never mind it's it, that, that's old age thinking see this is the jets that i grew up on but uh tell me a little bit about Sam Darnold what what have you seen from him this year you know, where, where are you guys and where are the fa- where's the fans on him I guess at this point? Do they feel like Sam Darnold has the potential that you're looking for in a franchise quarterback down the road or, you know, was that early burst that you saw just did it just seem a little bit fake after uh the, you've seen a little bit more of him as the season's progressed?
1: Well, I think it depends on the week for a lot of fans. Uh, you know, some fans I, th- I think it depends on his performance that particular week, but I think overall and partially because they're coming off of Darnold's first game-winning drive, his first comeback win. I think the fans' base is very optimistic on him. Um, you've seen some ups. You've seen some downs. But, I mean, there have been some some genuinely really impressive moments for a rookie. I mean, there was the, the game-tying touchdown pass he threw the second half last week was just a, a, like a schoolyard football play. It's unbelievable. It was flushed right, then runs back to his left. It was something... It something like he ran like 47 yards in the backfield to keep that play alive and uh, hit Robbie Anderson for a touchdown. And then the game-winning drive, he just threw a phenomenal pass to set up the score to get uh, the Jets to the eight-yard line where uh, the Bills' corner, who was playing uh, – Anders, again, Anderson was the receiver. The Bills' corner was essentially bailing on him. They were taking away the deep ball. Anderson wasn't really open. He somehow found a way to drop the ball in the bucket. So you, you see genuinely promising moments – there have been some some bad moments as well. He is, even for a rookie, he's still pretty young. He's still, you know, he's he's going to work through some moments where he looks really bad as a rookie. Uh, but I think there, there are moments of promise. The Jets did not do him a lot of favors with the scheme they put around him. They did not do a lot, him a lot of favors with the surroundings in terms of the offensive line, in terms of the skill players. So I think all things considered, people are pretty happy with where he is right now. It hasn't been... Totally clean. There have been some really rough moments and bad games, but I think overall people are excited about where he's going to end up. So let me ask you this, guys. Uh, on the flip side, you guys have a second year quarterback in Deshaun Watson. What are the views from the Titans perspective on him? I'm sorry. the, the uh, Please forgive me. The Texans perspective on
0: him. Oh, blasphemy. Blasphemy, the Titans. We hate those guys.
2: (laughs) I think with Deshaun Watson, what we're seeing this year, it was a slow go for him at the very beginning because, you know, he was coming off the ACL injury. He obviously could tell that he had a lot of rust to uh, knock off. But during this win streak, he's getting stronger and stronger more confident uh, out there on the field. Uh, The biggest thing with him was, and even back then, was the decisions that he was making. He's still... Addicted to making the big play. He always wants to go out there and make the big play, and sometimes at the cost of, you know, the team making any progress of getting a first down or making a productive drive period. Um, you saw a lot of that last week with the sacks that he was taking, and he didn't need to take those sacks, holding on to the ball too long. Uh, I think, honestly, he just needs to to take the time he needs. If there's nothing there, throw the ball away. Or if he has to go out and run, I understand that. We don't have a superior offensive line. He can just run it uh, out of bounds because you obviously heard the story, John, about Deshaun having to go the first Jacksonville game You know, on the road. He had to take a bus because he was banged up so bad. His lungs were bruised that bad. They were worried about him flying, You know, having to be able to breathe in a high-pressure environment in a – pressurized tube at 40,000 feet. So um, <laughs> the, the, that's the situation there. I don't want that to happen again. And so that's the situation there with Deshaun. But his numbers you know, are, are right where I would expect him to be. His completion percentage is a little bit higher than what I expected. He's in the high 60s. So uh, what more can you ask for? Because uh, quite frankly, uh, if there's no Deshaun Watson, there's no Houston Texans season. So I, I'm very pleased that, You know, the Texans are very much in the conversation, uh, but with just about anything AFC.
0: Yeah, John, I think the thing that, you know, for all the Jets listeners that you got to know about Deshaun right now is what happened early in the season. He was making a lot of bad decisions with the football. They would get down into the red zone or they would get inside the 50 yard line. And he might decide, oh, I'm going to throw one up for grabs into the end zone. And he got some passes intercepted in the end zone. Uh, just a lot of turnovers really early in the season when they had that 0-3 start. But since then, you know, this is the this Sean's issue is he's got to figure out a way to get rid of the ball quickly without throwing an interception when he doesn't see something. He tends to hold the ball uh, too long, like Brian said. And, you know, that that's that's where you know, you're going to get sacked or you're going to take the minus yards. And it's just better that he can just not take the hit, period, and that the team doesn't take negative yards. So, I mean, I don't know how similar that is to Sam Darnold at this point, but, you know, that's where we are with Deshaun.
1: With Darnold, it's not necessarily as much that he's taking a lot of hits, but he similarly needs to know when to give up on a play. You know, he threw a bad interception last week. It was really kind of a rookie mistake where he was pressured. He was running toward the sideline. And instead of throwing the ball away where nothing was there, he throws the ball across his body back to the middle of the field. And it was just an easy interception for Buffalo. So I think he has similar moments. I think his issues maybe are not as much taking hits where he shouldn't as, as they are just knowing when you have to give up, give up on a play.
0: Right. And you know, your guy is going through his first full season and it's sometimes hard for Texans fans to remember that, you know, because Deshaun only played six games last year, he just ended his first full season a few games ago. So, it's a little bit different in, in that way as well.
1: Well, you hey guys, this episode is sponsored by Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery heated clothing. Heat on demand at the touch of a button. Control your environment with Action Heat. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures of, of up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5 volt lithium ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on each charge. Action Heat batteries can also be used to recharge your phone or any other gadget while you're wearing them. Perfect for any friend or family on your holiday gift list. Great for anyone who works outdoors, skiers, or snowboarders, or anybody who loves the outdoors or hates being cold. Action Heat clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, including heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments like heated base layer shirts and long johns. You can stay warm and cozy from head to toe with Action Heat. Action Heat's available in men's and women's, and has great new styles and models just released for the winter season. Make winter activities more enjoyable with a blast of warmth. Action Heat is the perfect solution to keep you toasty and warm, even in the most frigid of winter weather. And best of all, we've got a special deal for our listeners. To save 20% off your entire order, just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat Heat has to offer. That's the actionheat.com slash locked on. Or use promo code Locked On at checkout to save twenty percent. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy your your act, outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast.
0: All right, John, I, I want to ask you about your head coach because you know he's in his fourth year now. I, I'm just curious where you get is, is he going to be around next year? Where where, where is uh, Jets Nation on Todd Bowles right now?
1: Well, you know, I told you, I think a lot of people are positive on Sam Darnold. I think part of that equation is that for a lot of the struggles Arnold's had, people are blaming that at the feet of the coaching staff, which I think is not totally unfair. I think that Bowles has not really developed as a, I think he was a very good defensive coordinator during his time in Arizona. He's not really developed into a quality head coach. I think there are a lot of issues when we talk about game management makes a number of errors in game decisions. But I think the biggest problem Bowles has had has been on the offensive side of the ball. Of course, he has the defensive background. He's on this third offensive coordinator in four years as a head coach. And he ran out of the guy, John Morton, who, you know, the offense did not look that great statistically last year, but I think they beat expectations a year ago with John Morton. It sounds like there were some personality uh, issues. They ended up going uh, with former... Broncos, former Seahawks, a former Bears assistant coach, Jeremy Bates, who had been out of the league for a while before uh, joining the Jets coaching staff last year. And it really has not worked well. This is an offense that's really struggled to get anything going in a number of the games the Jets have played. And I just think it's kind of an uncreative scheme. I don't think they utilize the skills of their players properly. So I think that as much as that, I think the writing's kind of on the wall for Bowles. This was a year I think Bowles could survive not making the playoffs. I don't think he can survive the way the offense looks because I think ultimately the jets are focused on developing this quarterback. And after this year, I think it's tough for the jets. I think it's tough for the people running this team to have confidence. The bulls is the right guy to develop Sam Darnold.
0: Yeah. It just feels like when you talk about, you know, the guys that he's got in place or, um, you know, we, we look at what's going on with Bill O'Brien and, and he got Romeo in as a defensive coordinator, but to me, you know, when you look at things, and I don't know what you guys think, but when you when you look at the head coaches around the NFL, you're considered a great coach one of two reasons. Either you're fantastic on one side of the ball, like genius level on one side of the ball. Uh, and then the other thing that you, you've got is you're great at finding a couple of geniuses on, on either side of the ball, uh, offensive and defensive coordinator. But, you know, if you can't, find that guy and you can't handle, handle it yourself and handle the rest of the team. Then I think that's where a lot of these uh, head coaches lose their job. You know, Bill O'Brien he he's hanging on because he's had Romeo Cronell for the last few years, but you know, I don't think he's considered in that upper class because I don't think he's a particularly genius at either side. You know, a lot of people think he's a really good offensive coordinator in Houston. It's, it's debatable. We're still not sure if he's a great offensive coordinator Um, I don't think he's as bad as sometimes people think, uh, uh, you know, but I do believe that, uh, you know, he's just never going to go up to that next level until he gets better at at hiring either an offensive coordinator and then he's going to have to hire a defensive coordinator pretty soon, too, because Romeo's getting old and and he's probably going to retire in the next couple of years.
1: That's interesting because I was actually about to ask your guys views on O'Brien, because it seems like he's perennially on the hot seat seems like every year people are, maybe that's just, maybe that's outside Houston, but just always seems like there's always speculation about his job security. And the last few years, there've been speculation about Bowles' job security. I think this is the year he finally goes. And there's always been kind of the natural view from a lot of people in New York that because the Jets general manager, Mike McCagney, came from the Texans organization that if Houston let go of Bill O'Brien, he'd be a guy they'd target. And I was always interested because you know, I could kind of see it either way. So I'm, I'm Curious as to just the view on O'Brien from Houston.
2: There was a lot of uh, fanfare whenever he was hired because he had come off a nice run with Penn State, and we we knew about his experience with the Patriots as Tom Brady's offensive coordinator. So uh, there was a lot to be uh, desired about bringing him in. I know I was excited whenever he came in, but as the years have gone through, we've noticed you know some of his weaknesses, you know, with this team, you know, game management, time clock management. and And his continuous thirst for for power, Um, I really do think it's a detriment to, you know, his ability to be a head coach. He should have an offensive coordinator because I think he can be a really good game manager if someone else is looking under the hood uh, with this offense. I can make the case that because he now has a quarterback that is, you know, going to be toward the elite level as he progresses through his career. That's going to enhance Bill O'Brien's uh, career. But never did I think that Bill O'Brien would be fired he just signed the extension for four years. We've got Bill O'Brien for the next five years, so I didn't think that he would be fired or anything like that. But luckily, this nine-game uh, nine win streak that just came past has put those particular, uh, you know, theories or um, you know, uh, predications or whatever you want to call them, to rest.
0: Yeah, Brian's of the belief that if he had an offensive coordinator, he'd be a better game manager. We we don't know though. I mean, we're just he's guessing. I'd love to see. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. I just don't know. I mean that that's that's the big question. Uh, let me let me ask you. Just get, let's get to the game uh, for a little bit, uh, John. I, here's the deal with the Texans. They need to get out to leads. Uh, when they've got a lead, they're a great front-running team. Uh, they are something like thirty and one or something ridiculous when they have a lead at halftime under Bill O'Brien. And this team has become a run-first team. You know, when they're running the ball. They're a great team. But if, if they're not, then it, it's trouble because uh, Deshaun Watson isn't quite in that category of quarterback that can uh, throw the ball a ton of times a game. They were throwing the ball a bunch early in the season, and you saw what happened, and then they sort of backed off of it a little bit. Uh, are the Jets the type of team that, that if the Texans fell behind, do you, do you think the Jets are a team that could take advantage of that?
1: I'll tell you this much. I think the jets want to play this game from ahead. And I think, you know, just looking at the roster, the Texans have, I'm not surprised that they're, they're a good team playing from ahead just because I, some of the names that they have from pass rushers are, are pretty scary. And the jets do not really have a great offensive line line this year. So I think the jets need to play from ahead. I, I, I would be, I think I struggle to see a scenario where the jets fall behind in this game. And, uh, are able to take it uh, are able to come back and win just because of, I, I really don't like the matchup up front of this te- Texans defensive front against this Jets um, offensive line. You, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, the Jets are such an erratic football team. And I, 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 there are some games where the the Jets have struggled to put together 60 full minutes. There are some games this year where they've gotten off to a great start and then struggled in the second half. The other teams made adjustments and there have been games where it's been vice versa, where they've gotten off to a terrible start and then in the second half they play a little bit better. So, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see the Jets go out and play well at home, maybe take advantage of that. It's just they're they're an inconsistent team. The only thing that they and when I say inconsistent, they're a team that can't consistently put together sixty quality minutes.
0: I think there's one matchup you're you're going to want to watch early in this game, and I want to get to that in just a second. But just remind all our listeners that if you love the Podcast, tell your followers and friends, uh, let them know they can find us on Spotify, the Google Podcast app, iTunes. We're coming to Pandora very soon as well. You can also support us by sharing our show show links on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Maybe write a nice review for us on iTunes. Uh, We can't do this without your support, so please do all that. John, the one matchup that I I think is going to be interesting early in the game, I feel like uh, DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins hadn't had a 100-yard receiving game in a few weeks. Who do you got covering DeAndre Hopkins? Because I think he's going to get some action early. I I have a feeling they're going to want to get him involved in the offense pretty early and get him off to a good start because uh, it felt like he was taken out of the game for the most extent last week.
1: My hunch is that he'll see Trubane Johnson, who's the Jets' uh, big corner. He was the big free agent acquisition and – it hasn't gone that well this year for Johnson. I mean, I think that there's some circumstantial evidence that shows that he's never a guy who was all that fast to begin with. He's always a guy who relied more on physicality to win. I think there's some evidence that his speed is gone. It may be a tough matchup for him. The one thing I will say for Johnson is that after he got off to a really rough start this season, his play has started to steady the last few weeks. He, he played his best game of the year against Buffalo. He uh, had a pair of interceptions and was played pretty pretty effectively in coverage. Uh, two weeks ago against Tennessee, he made some mistakes late in the game. He was flagged for a face mask, and he missed a tackle on a winning touchdown. But his coverage has started to steady a bit. Uh, so he's, he's playing better than he was earlier in the season. Still, I think this could be a tough matchup for him.
2: Let's backpedal to Sam Darnold a bit. Um, Sam Darnold went under pressure. Uh, he has a 34.7 uh, NFL rating. Uh, he's thrown seven interceptions. If we throw a whole bunch of guys at him, if we continue to blitz him, is he going to have problems with that? He touched on it earlier. But with Deshaun, in comparison you know, with the offensive line that, that he has, he's still been able to generate an 82.4 uh, quarterback rating. But his sack percentage, of course, is high at 20.7. So Darnold went under pressure. That is, I know that's something he needs to work on. Is that reflective of what you're seeing out on the field? Are you seeing something different?
1: Every now and then you see kind of an eye-popping play that shows you what he can be at some point. But yeah, I mean, I think at this point he is pretty erratic under pressure i think if you you can rattle him you can force mistakes from him you know he's going to make rookie mistakes when you know he's he's under duress and like i said last week he, he did have a pretty spectacular a couple of spectacular plays under pressure so i think over time you know a year or two from now those numbers will probably improve but i think at this point he's a guy who's mistake prone so i, I think that that certainly is the type of thing uh, that that could cause problems for the Jets. Now, uh, let me ask you guys this. Uh, I know I watched the, te- the Texans a lot early in the season. I noticed that the offensive line was an issue. Have things stabilized at all up front?
0: Yeah, they definitely have. The Early in the season, y- you had a couple of things going on. First of all, it was a whole new offensive line that they basically brought in this year, except for the center, Nick Martin. It was entirely new from what we saw most of last year, Julian Davenport. The left tackle had a couple of starts last year as a rookie, but basically this is her, his first full season. Uh, he's not great, but at least he's become serviceable. Um, then you got the guards are uh, brand new. The right tackle was brand new, but then he got hurt the first week. And then they brought in a guy that they weren't even expecting to even be on the roster this year, and Kendall Lamb, who's done a surprisingly good job. So, yeah, it has stabilized quite a bit. Uh, that That's uh, – Something that I think, you know, nobody's going to really give them much of respect because none of the names are anything spectacular. And you don't get credit a lot of times when the offensive line is doing a good job run blocking, which they've done a lot over the last few weeks. And and you don't get a lot of respect either uh, when there is still a lot of sacks. And the sacks are happening because Deshaun Watson, for, you know, all the people that are listening on the jet side, Deshaun likes to hold on to the ball Uh, so long and put so much pressure on that offensive line you're going to see you know he's going to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and eventually the offensive line can't hold up forever sometimes he you know sprints out of it because he's just an incredible athlete but you know there's those times where waiting that long eventually they're going to get to him and 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 I think if there's something that the Jets can build on that we saw from the Colts is they did a great job of just keeping him in the pocket and that's what you got to do with Deshaun you got to just keep an eye on him. you got to have somebody that's shadowing him, and you've also got to keep him in the pocket. And if there's a way to you know, really control this offense, that's the way to do it as well as stop the run early, early on, especially on first and second down. If you can uh, turn it into third and long for the Texans, uh, it, it's not that good. And they really miss Will Fuller, their speed-wide receiver that opened up the offense. We're going to see if their slot receiver that's really helped when he's played, but he's had hamstrings off and on all year. Kiki QT, who they got in the fourth round, Uh, If he plays, he's a difference maker in this offense. So that's something if if you're with the Jets and you're wanting to watch something before the game, look to see if he's activated or not.
2: Yeah, just want to dovetail on what Rob said and uh, all of that you know, your, your, your opinion. Uh, I but I totally understand where you're coming from. I did see Kendall Lamb making this roster because Chantra Henderson with his health, I just knew that this was bound to happen. I didn't expect it to be through the first couple of snaps, but that was the situation there. So Kendall Lamb is filled in admirably, Um, really proud of him. I do see the Texans because the offensive line is a work in progress. I do see them investing in a tackle, in the first or second round, they've got to go early and go on in and invest in a tackle in the draft this year because uh, the, the guys that we have right now, Kendall Lamb is not a long term solution. You want to develop Julian Davenport a little bit longer, uh, but but you got to go on and, and work on getting a tackle early.
0: Let's uh, close it out a little bit, John, because uh, I want to find out how the Jets win this one. Give me, I guess, their game plan if they're going to win this game. Like, what what's the scenario?
1: They they want to be able to run the ball effectively. That's been the struggle this year. Um, I think that they've been very inconsistent run blocking. I think the game's where they've been most successful, though. They've been able to establish the run, keep Darnold in reasonable third down situations, not get behind schedule on offense, kind of limit what he has to do, try and try and simplify the job for him. And then on the defensive side of the ball, the Blitzes have to get home. They're a very aggressive defense. They like to attack. They like to play a lot of man coverage. On defense, you know, again, it's been very hit or miss this year. Uh, if the Blitzes get home and they can contain Deshaun Watson, now last week, the one, the one thing that worries me is against a mobile quarterback like Deshaun Last week against Josh Allen especially in the first half sometimes guys were not staying in their lane they were flying too far upfield so I don't think this team can play from behind as I said I think that this is a tough matchup with the pass rushers the Texans have if they become one dimensional in offense so I think they they have to get off to a good start so that's kind of the path I see for the Jets to potentially win this game
0: Yeah if the te- if the Jets are needing to get the run going I mean that's that's the danger I mean if if, if you're a team you know, you're a team that has got a good quarterback, and and you've got some uh, threat there. Then I see a possibility, but the, the Texans really have done a nice job of shutting down the run this year, except for maybe Saquon Barkley, who you know he's exceptional. But I would say that that's not going to happen. So I feel like there's going to be have, there's going to have to be some weird stuff for the Jets to win this game.
1: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say this: I think look, the Jets had a nice win last week, but I think if you're thinking with your head from the Jets' perspective, the Texans are probably going to win this game.
0: All right, brother. I mean, it's it's been fun. Looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be a Saturday game, so I guess everybody's going to be watching. Uh, Deshaun under the lights has usually been pretty good, so that's that's not a good sign for the Jets either. He loves the lights. As most people know, they've watched him play Alabama and national championship games and stuff like that. He, he does well under the lights.
1: I'll tell you, I really loved watching him in college. He's one of those guys that, like, even even as he went into the pros, I kind of rooted for him. I won't be rooting for him this week, but he's just such a likable guy. You know, I saw the stuff he did for the hurricane victims last year. Just a really easy guy to root for. You know, you have certain players, you you come into the league and you you keep following them, and for me, he's always been one of them.
0: Well, this has been a Locked On crossover. It's Locked On Jets and Locked On Texans. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We are the number one Daily Sports Podcast Network. Uh, We'll talk to you again tomorrow. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.